grace on you that is brought us something going to take place at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. We'll make it 9 o'clock because 6 is a little early for some of us. But if you knew it was at 9 o'clock tomorrow it was going to take place, what would you do? What would you really do? Think about it. If it was real, if it wasn't just a story, if it wasn't just something somebody told you, but you knew. Right. <laughs> what would you do between now and then? Between now and that body change, what, what would happen? Would there be a difference? Now, 
there really shouldn't be any difference. Because we already should be living the way that we, the way that we ought to be living and be ready. Because the truth is we don't know. You say, well, Brother Ben, you don't know that he's coming at 9 o'clock in the morning, but you don't know he's not. Brother Danny told me something this morning profound. He said, you know, he said, I'm 72 years old. The Lord's coming for me soon. Either in the rapture or I'm going to go home. All of us could say that. None of us are going to escape that. We're just not going to escape. Brother Bailey was telling me about his neighbor that uh, had, they'd missed her at work and, and they'd called him and he went in there and she was dead on the floor. She had an appointment with God. Every one of us do. There's no guarantee of a tomorrow. But if you knew, what would you be like? Now, a prophet told us what we should be doing. And they asked him this question. They said, should evangelists continue on the field? He said, in this hour, of course, is what they mean. Well, I love a prophet. He knew their question better than they wrote it. He said, certainly. By all means, don't change a thing. Yeah. Now, it, now, but remember, what we should be doing and what we are doing may be different. Now, I hope it's not, yeah. but it might be. Because we're human beings, and we get caught up in the delay and the fact that of everyday life and just, just the things go on as they are. From the beginning, as Peter says, they go on, uh, they, things continue to go on, and we get caught up in the delay, and we get caught up in the time, and we get caught up in making money, and we get caught up in, in, in work, and you get caught up in retirement, or whatever it is that you do, you get caught up in that, and just the mundane things of life, and time becomes the enemy of faith, until you begin to drop off and quit doing some things that you used to do, or start doing some things that you didn't, didn't used to do, because you believe the Lord was coming. But what, what should we do? We should not change a thing when it comes to our ministry. But the Bible said if Jesus is coming in the morning, preach today like if it was going to be 10 years from today. But live like it's going to be at this hour. Oh, my. He said don't get scrupled up now. That's what I'm trying to warn you about. Just don't be odd and peculiar. Don't change nothing. But if you're doing something wrong, or doing evil, repent. See, come back to God. Continue on your evangelistic service just as you always did. If you're building a house, put it on up. See, there should our everyday life, the way that we live, there shouldn't be nothing that would hinder us from going. Right? There shouldn't be nothing in just our everyday life that we do. If you're building a house, put it on up. Amen. He said, if Jesus comes tomorrow, you'll be found faithful at the duty. If you're building a church, go on, put it up. I'd rather be putting my money in something like that than be found with it in my pocket. He said, so just keep on, continue as you are. Everybody understand now? Continue right on, just go right on as you are. He said, now just don't stop, don't do nothing. Just go right on just as you are. Keep on serving the Lord. He said, now for instance, if you was working for a man and you knew it was 15 minutes before quitting time. Well, you'd say, oh, just 15 minutes more. Might as well just go over and sit down. you get docked for that 15 minutes. Right. If you're planting wheat, plant your wheat. You're digging potatoes. Go on, dig them out. Say, Brother Ben, why are you reading this? We've heard this a million times. Hang with me for a minute. Say, well, nobody will eat them. That don't make any difference. Dig them out anyway. He said, see, yeah, just continue on as you are. 
He said, I got a letter from somebody the other day. Somebody told them, well, the time is at hand. Sell the farm. He said, now you won't need the food that you live off of on the farm because this millennium is going to start and you won't need it. And he said, while the tribulation period is going on, your children's not safe, so just let them. You talk about unbelief. He said, let them eat off of it, but you'll sell all your farm or something like that. I said, oh, my. I said, if I knowed he was coming tomorrow and I was a farmer, I'd put my crop in today. Sure, if he made me a farmer, I'm going to stay right at my duty. That's right. If he made me a mechanic and then he talked about this man that had a, two sets of keys to his car and he took his second extra set of keys give it to his pastor because he said, I'm going in a rapture. <laughs> Evidently, the pastor wasn't going. He said, you might need this. Yeah. Right. But Brother Brandon said, we must be a sane, solid Christian. He said that I'm put here to work right up to the last minute. Notice what he says. I'm put here to work right up to the last minute. What, what, that's the same thing Jesus was saying. Occupy. Stay busy till I come. I've got a job to do. I'll be right found faithful at the post of duty. If he comes this morning, I want to be standing right here in the pulpit. You say, Brother Branham, if he was to come this morning, shouldn't you be out there? In other words, change his schedule. He said, no, sir. This is my post of duty. I'll be standing right here preaching when he comes. Saying the same things I am. He said, then when he comes, I'll just move right on out with him. If I'm hoeing potatoes, I'll just be hoeing away just as hard as I can. When he comes, I'll just drop the hoe and take off. That's what we should do. We should keep doing what we're doing. Unless what we're doing isn't exactly right. What would you really do if you knew? Think about it. Even you kids can think about that. What would I do? What would I be like? How would I act towards my parents if I knew that the Lord was coming? Well, that's how you should live every day. What would you do? I believe, first of all, I begin to think about this. Maybe this is more for me than anybody. But I begin to think about it, and I said, I would make things right with my brother. And by that, I mean the whole family of God. And by that, I mean also everyone that lives on the face of the earth. What would be the point? <laughs> if I knew he was coming at 9 o'clock in the morning, if I had something against Brother Joe, and I don't have anything against Brother Joe, but if I had something against him, what would be the point of holding that between us, especially if it might keep me from going? He said, oh, that couldn't keep me from going. Hang on a minute. Listen, in Matthew, Jesus said, and, and if you knew that Jesus was coming in the morning, you'd be reminded of his words. Yeah. Where he said, therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. You say, well, if he won't accept my gift until I'm reconciled to my brother, how will he accept me? He said, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. We can believe it or not believe it, but it's the truth. You would remember the words of a prophet where he said, well, if I can, he's talking about the way we are, well, if I can just get even with her, if I can get even with him, no matter what they've done, choose life. For Jesus said, if from your heart you don't forgive every person their transgression, neither does your heavenly Father forgive you. He said, so just get that close. If there's one ought in your heart against any person, sinner, or saint, you're in danger of hellfire. Listen to me. If every person here, and under the sound of my voice and listening today, would knew that the Lord was coming at 9 o'clock in the morning, there would be some things made right. Yeah, that's right. 
I don't have any doubt in my heart of that. What would you do if you knew? You'd evangelize your family. I'd want to make sure that my kids knew who Jesus was. If I haven't talked to you about baptism, I want to talk to you about it. Because Jesus is coming tomorrow. Wouldn't you want to be sure? Wouldn't you want to have that talk with them? Wouldn't you want to get down beside them tonight and pray? I bet you'd pray with your kids tonight. If you knew that the Lord was coming tomorrow, you wouldn't put it off. And I, I'm, you know, Maybe you have adult kids, grown, that have left home, and you don't have the reach that you do. I bet you'd give them a phone call. Find some way to get in touch with them. All of your loved ones, you'd let them know what was about to happen. You'd lose that cold indifference. You'd begin to plead with them. Maybe there would be tears involved. Maybe there would be a, you'd try to do your very best. You'd say, well, it's not worth having a, an argument about something. It's not worth doing that. I, I want to lead them to Jesus. I don't have long to do it. You would believe for them. Huh? Would you? How many, well, you would believe for them. You would be reminded of the words Paul spoke to the jailer when he said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Amen. You would apply the token to your home. Yeah. Wouldn't you? If you knew that the Lord was coming at 9 o'clock in the morning, would you apply the token to your home? I trust you already have. Right? But you would apply the token. And, and Brother Brown said, he said, rise and be baptized. Paul took him out and baptized him. He said, now believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou in thy house shall be saved. Believe what? Believe the Lord Jesus Christ for your house. Apply the token to your house. Then what do you do when you apply it to your house? Move all the trash out. Get all the short skirts and the shorts and the cards and the cigarettes and television, whatever more. And I know people will take that and beat people over the head with it, but he said, whatever more. Listen, if you knew he was coming tomorrow, you would apply the token in such a way that there would be nothing in your house that would come between you and God. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he said you'd kick them out the door when you go apply the token, won't stand still for it. Yes, sir, take it all out, all the dances and parties and rock and roll, vulgar newspapers and the stuff that's of the world, kick it out the door. Say we're cleaning out this place around here. Newspapers, a sheet of paper with news on it. In case you didn't know. <laughs> For the young ones. <laughs> Get ready, he said. Oh, I trust that we're ready tonight. I'm not yelling at you. But what would you do? What would you really do? <laughs> Apply it. Believe it. Clean up. Let your children, let your family, let your loved ones see it in you. You wouldn't be ashamed to worship. If you knew he was coming tomorrow, you, you wouldn't be ashamed. You wouldn't worry if the service went a minute or two longer than it normally does. You wouldn't be concerned if, if maybe somebody caught you with your hands raised or, or tears running down your cheeks. You wouldn't be afraid if you knew that he was coming in the morning. He said, let your loved ones see it in you. That's right, it'll take effect. Then apply the token in prayer with consideration, with believing. Apply it with such love. Oh, my. And so forth till you know it's going to take place. Hallelujah. 
apply it in confidence, believing it's going to help when you talk to that child. Listen, so many times the reason why it don't help when we talk to people is because we have no confidence in what we're saying. But if you have that love in your heart for them and you know you have the right motives and the right objectives and you believe that this message is true and when you talk to them, you apply it in confidence, believing it's going to help. When you talk to that child, when you talk to your husband, talk to your wife, talk to this loved ones, believe that it's going to help. Just stand there and say, Lord, I've claimed them. They're mine. I'm getting them for you, Lord. Apply it, listen, and create that atmosphere around you that they'll just drop right into it. Oh, my. We don't understand the power of applying the token. He said, no, you are. If you've got the token, you create a spirit around you, a power, that when you walk, people know that you're a Christian. They love for you to say something to them. They believe your word. Oh, my. What you say, they hold on to it. That's the way you'd be if you knew the Lord was coming tomorrow. I believe you'd make church a priority. You would remember the words of Paul. He said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. It's a manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Listen, the day is approaching. And we're seeing the signs of it more and more. It's getting closer. It's getting closer. And some of you have been around a long time. And you look at it, you say, it's as close as it's ever been. I see the signs more today than I ever have. Look where we're at. As you see the day approaching, what would you do? What what kind of priority would you give church? You would finally apply the words of a prophet where he said, don't stay home. If God is in your heart, you can't hardly wait for them doors to open out yonder to get in here to fellowship with your brothers. If you don't feel that way, I tell you, it's time you got to pray and because we're in the last days where the Bible exalted or exhorted us too much more as we see that day approaching. To love one another with Christian love and divine love. To assemble ourselves together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and love one another. Yes. Not just to be here, but to love one another. Yes. Right. By this will all men know that you're my disciples when you have love one for the other. He said, that's right, stay right together. Amen. That's the way, well, what would church be like yeah. if we knew? Wouldn't be anybody... Anybody thinking about what they're going to do at work tomorrow during the service? I know we all do that at some point, but there wouldn't be any of that because you knew. But see, we don't realize how imminent this is. We don't recognize it because it may not be at 9 o'clock tomorrow. It may be tonight. (laughs) We don't know that it won't be tonight. You don't know that this isn't the hour right now. Don't tell me you don't know that. You may have it figured out. And so many people I watch, I've been amused by it over the years. Everybody's got a certain date or something that they've come up with. They come up with this date and do all these charts. And they come up and say, well, the Lord's coming on such and such a date. Well, you wouldn't be acting like you do if the Lord was coming. You knew it. You really had a revelation of it. You wouldn't be acting like that. Huh? There'd be something different about your... The way you acted. Yeah. Huh. Oh, I believe there ought to be something different about the way we act. Yeah. See, if the Lord was coming, you'd forget about your symptoms. Huh. What does it matter? Yeah. But Brother Ben, I'm hurting. Yes, yeah. the Lord's coming. Yeah. Right. 
I've got, I've got all kinds of calamities around me. I've got sorrow. I've got grief. Yes, but, but he's coming. Yeah. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Everything's going to be made right. I'm going to be walking in a new body. What do I care? You know, they talk about Brother Branham coming back. I'm just preaching to you tonight. But they say, well, Brother Branham's going to come back, and we'll be in the third pole, and new limbs will be spoken on. Well, if that happens at the time of the rapture, I won't need a new limb. i got a whole new body. Yeah. What am I going to use a new limb for? They're going to change anyway. I'm not worried about that. It's time for the rapture. Amen. What do I need with, with physical healing? What do we need a healing line for? A great healing campaign. The Lord's coming. I think we just drop all of our symptoms and our worries and our struggles, and we'd say, you know what? He's coming. I got nothing to worry about. But let me tell you, the, the news is that you don't have anything to worry about. The, the, the good news is that he is coming. And whether you go by way of the grave or whether you go into rapture, whether your body changes, the symptoms that you have will not keep you right. from going home. Yes, sir. The problems, listen to me, church, the problems that you've had in your family, your family history, your DNA, the struggles, the trials, the things that you've been through will not keep you from going into rapture. If you're a seed of God, you're going to make it through. Yeah. That seed is going to, the power is going to push you through the, the muck and the dirt and the filth and everything of this world. It's going to push you up to the top. You're going to blossom in a new body. It's got to happen. Your symptoms do not matter. I hope you're hearing me tonight. The things that you've gone through, you well, you don't understand, Brother Ben, but you'd forget about your symptoms if you really knew. What does it matter about my bank account? I understand you've got to, Pay attention, and again, that's the other thing. Occupy. Yeah. Occupy. Do the right things. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But if the Lord's coming, I don't have to spend one minute worrying about it. Right. If the Lord was coming in the morning, you would count the minutes and the hours and the seconds, and you would say, I don't have time to worry. What a waste of my last, between now and the change, I've got so many minutes. Yes, sir. Yeah. What a waste it would be to worry them away. What a waste to fret. But Jesus told us not to do that anyway. He said sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. What does it matter about the kings of this world if the king of kings is taking me to his house? Are you with me this evening? Why would, it, why would you worry about something if you knew he was coming? Oh, my. This is how we should live. Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. If you knew he was coming, you would be reminded of that scripture. Yeah. To them who are the called according to his purpose. Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, if you knew that he was coming, you would take that scripture to heart and say, Lord, I thank you. I can't miss the rapture. Yes. Hallelujah. Listen, you counted all joy. You would be filled with joy and expectation. I'm going home. I'm not going to hold you long tonight. You just, just, just preach with me for a minute. I'm going home. Yeah. Amen. I'm going to see my loved ones. I'm going to be free from doubt. 
That's a big one. All my life, the devil's been able to come and try to bring doubt and bring doubt and bring doubt. But the moment, hallelujah, the moment my body changes, I'm going to be free from doubt. That which I believe, that which I've had faith for, that which I've struggled for, that which I've reached for with my faith is going to be a reality, Brother JT. I'm not going to worry about it no more. That The things, the symptoms that I've denied won't be there anymore. Amen. I would know that this is coming. This is, this is on its way. And so I would be filled with joy and expectation. I'm not worried. I'm not, I'm not going to spend my time fretting away my days and worrying what Putin's going to do, what, what Biden's going to do, what somebody else is going to do. The Lord is coming. When the early Christians would greet one another, they would greet one another with this phrase. They would say, Maranatha. Maranatha. And that meant the Lord is coming. Amen. And some of them were being fed to lions and everything else. But they'd walk up to one another and say, Brother, God bless you, Maranatha. (laughs) The Lord is coming. It's going to be okay. The Lord is coming. You might lose loved ones, but the Lord is coming. You might have struggles, but the Lord is coming. The government may be against you, but the Lord is coming. Gas prices might be going up, but the Lord. Are you with me this evening? The Lord is coming. Hey, man. About to get my second wind. You better be careful. The Lord is coming. What would you be like? Some of you would smile in church for the first time in years. (laughs) Can you imagine the joy in that song service? Brother, did you hear? The Lord's coming tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, clap your hands, all you people, you'd say. I'm going to a place described in Isaiah 64, 4, where he says, For since the beginning of the world men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. Amen. See, we see now, Paul says, through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. Amen. Amen. I'm going to a place... I want to tell you a secret. I can't dance. <laughs> but Caleb asked a good question the other night. I said, why don't we dance some more? And he wasn't just talking about in church, but just in general, you know. He wasn't talking about this nasty stuff they got today, but just, just enjoy. You know, the children of Israel dance. Yep. They dance before the Lord. They said, why don't we dance more? Well, the secret of that is I don't know how to dance. I have almost zero rhythm in me. I'll get to moving with the music and, and, and the rhythm and stuff, and I've got almost zero rhythm. But when I get there, I'm going to have David teach me how to dance. <laughs> See, when that becomes a reality, hey man, I'm going to be able to dance. I'm going to lose all my inhibition. I'm going to lose all my, all my worries about whether people are looking at me or not because he, everybody else is going to be dancing with me. Guess who I'm dancing with? I'm dancing with David. He's teaching me the steps. Hey man, you sisters will learn how to play the tambourine with Miriam. How to dance before the Lord with the sisters of Israel. What is it? We're going to the place where they are. Hey man, we'll learn how to dance to psalms like this one, Psalm 100. I've always wondered what the tune was like to these psalms. Some of them probably pretty joyful because the children of Israel love to dance. They love to sing. And I always wanted to get the tune to some of these psalms. And I always, but one day we're going to be able to be taught these songs by David himself. The, the greatest song leader that ever was was David. You know, he taught all the temple musicians and everybody how to play instruments, how to sing, and all these things. He said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. 
Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Yeah. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I'm going to learn what that means. Yeah. Hallelujah. Enter his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. Hallelujah. I'm going to learn the tune to that song. I'm going to let Moses teach me how to sing. Moses was a singer. I believe preachers can be singers too. Maybe not this one, but we make a joyful noise. <laughs> That's, he said, I'm, I'm going to let Moses teach me how to sing. Because in Revelation 15 too, he said, I saw as it were a sea of glass mingled with fire. And them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name stand on the sea of glass having the harps of God and they sing the song of Moses. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many times they had to practice it, but they had Moses there to teach them himself. Right. <laughs> Hallelujah. They got together as one big choir. They said, Moses, teach us the song of deliverance. Hallelujah. They sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee. For thy judgments are made manifest. When you see the judgment strike the great whore, as we talked about Wednesday night, when you see, when you see these things take place here on the earth, and you're going to be at the wedding supper of the Lamb, it'll bring a joy to our hearts. Amen. And if we knew that that time was coming, I believe we'd be like Brother Jewel when he began to sing, won't it be a time? Yeah. Walking with the angels, won't it be a time? I'm going to have a new body. My body may not be good, as good as it once was. You may have had a stroke. You may have had heart trouble. You might, you might not be able to move like you used to. But won't it be a time when you get there? That's coming, church, and you don't know that it won't be tomorrow. Yeah. That's right. Hallelujah. Right. Yes, sir. But you don't know what I've been through, Brother Ben. I know you're going to a place where all wrongs will be made right. That's right. Yeah. All right. That includes the wrong done to you and by you. Oh, my. Can you think of a place like that where the wrong that you did and the wrong that you did to others, you know, here we have forgiveness and we have justification as though we never did it in the soul, but we still remember we still know, we, we, the scars of it are still there. And once you do something, it, that, especially if it's something that's public and, and it gets out and, and people know it and, and you know it, especially, and it bothers you. But there's coming a time when every knot that we couldn't untie here on earth is going to be untied. We can't do that here, but there's coming a time when all these things that have been messed up, all these family problems, all these church problems, all these issues, and, and the churches in Hardy will all fellowship together. For the first time since the beginning. Think about it. Won't that be a time? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Every knot be untied. Yeah. Hallelujah. I don't, I don't know about you, but I see the things going on in the world. Yes, it saddens me. It bothers me. But it gives me hope. Yeah. Because I know God is fulfilling His word. That's right. yes, sir. And in the end... Though we may be, this body may go in the grave. I don't know, but I know his word is true. 
I know his word endures forever. And so it gives me hope because I know if I'm going through a tough time, some of you mothers are going through a tough time with small children, you fathers trying to provide for your families and, and everything's up in the air and you're trying to make things work and, and trying to figure out am I, am I this or that or the other and wearing all kinds of different hats, but there's coming a time when it'll all be straightened out. And that hour might be today. Then if there's even a chance that it's tonight, what would my attitude be? I believe there's more than a chance. We're at that time. I don't know if he's coming at 9 o'clock in the morning, but I know he's coming. So I'm going to make things right. I got to think about this. I, I got some family I want to evangelize. I just... I, if there's, if there's any hope, if there's any way I can reach out to them, I want to do that. I don't have time to mess around. He might come tonight. He might come in the morning. I'm going to make church a priority, not a drudgery. Oh, well, we have to go to church. Let's, let's try to drag ourselves out of bed and go. I'm going to make it a priority. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Yeah. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Yes. Why? The Lord's coming. Maranatha. <laughs> I'm going to forget about my symptoms. I'm going to be filled with joy. Brother Branham said, John the Revelator, over in the book of Revelation, he saw this tabernacle. Revelation 21, he saw the new temple coming. Descending down from heaven, adorned as a bride, was adorned for a husband. Now he's talking about another tabernacle. He was dedicating his own tabernacle. But he said, this is just an earthly one. But he saw this one that's coming. This, this building that we have here is just an earthly tabernacle. This body, an earthly tabernacle. But there's one coming. He said the new temple coming, descending down from heaven, adorned as a bride was adorned for her husband. And a voice out of the temple said, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And God shall be with them, and they'll wipe all tears from their eyes. And there shall be... That'd take a lot for you and me, Brother Joe. Gonna have to have a great big hanky to wipe all the tears from me and Brother Joe's eyes, but it's gonna be done because the Bible said so. There should be no more hunger, no more, no more sorrow, no more pain or death for the former things have passed away. Then the true son of David, he said, as we're going to see in this lesson, he was about to preach the seals. He said, as we're going to see in this lesson that's coming on in this week, we'll then come to his temple, the temple of God, the real tabernacle, which he has gone away to construct now. Oh, my. Yes. For he said in John 14, in my father's house are many mansions, and I will go. What did he mean by that? It's already foreordained. Yes. I'll go to prepare a place for you, and will return back to receive you unto myself. Right. And, of course, we know that'll be in the great age to come, and the true seed of David will take the throne, which is Jesus Christ, and there will reign over the church as his bride in the house with him and over the 12 tribes of Israel throughout all eternity. And these little places... He said, as David could not build the true tabernacle of God because he wasn't prepared to do it, there was nothing he could do. He was immortal and had shed blood. So it is today to us. We are not prepared to build the true tabernacle of God. There's only one can do that. You couldn't build yourself a new body. You couldn't make yourself completely well. But there's one. Hallelujah. 
We can build a nice church. We can make things nice. But there's one, hallelujah, who can build a true tabernacle of God. There's only one can do that, and it's being in its construction now. But this little tabernacle, along with the temple that Solomon built him, and along with the others, are only temporary places of worship until the time comes when the real tabernacle will be set up upon the earth. And righteousness shall reign from sky to sky. And there will be no more sorrow. Musicians, go ahead and come this afternoon. I'm, I'm almost done. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no funerals preached in that tabernacle. Oh, I'm looking forward to that, aren't you? There will be no more no funerals preached in that tabernacle. There will be no more weddings. For the wedding will be one great wedding for eternity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a time that will be. Oh, my Listen, I want you to listen close. What should our purpose be? What should we do? What should we do between now and the change? He said, let us purpose in our heart today that in commemoration and waiting for that tabernacle to come, that we will so characterize ourselves by his spirit. Hallelujah. That we will worship in this place as if we were in that other place. Don't try to tie me down to no, no, no formal worship. Yeah, right. yes, sir. He said worship in this place. Yeah. He got done setting out church order and all the different things. But he said worship in this place as if you were already in that other yes. place. Oh waiting for that place to come. Yes, sir. Man. So if the rapture was taking place tomorrow, I'd start my, taking my dancing lessons. I'd start taking my singing lessons. But what should I do now? It may be sooner than in the morning. It may be in the next moment. We'll be gone. If this is the start of the Third World War, we won't be in it. As far as the bombs, the final bombs falling, that's at the end of the tribulation period. The world's about to be plunged in tribulation. If this is it, I'm not saying it is, but if it is, what should we be like? I believe I want to worship. Don't you? Would you bow your head with me for just a moment? I know I've been short tonight, but maybe we can just take an extra few minutes to worship him tonight. Worship in this place as if we were already in that other place. If I was in that other place, all my loved ones would be right there with me. All my pain would be gone. All my worries would be swept, wiped away, all the tears. What would I be like? Listen, what would I worship like if there's anything in your heart Hear me tonight, church. If there's anything that you would do differently between now and the change, do it now. Because you don't know that it won't be tonight. Let me say that again. If there's anything that you would do differently, do it now. Make it right. Live for God now. 
Worship God now. Go to church now. Give Him all of your heart. Why hold back? Why hold back? I see that sometimes in marriages where one partner or the other will hold back and they're just, they're just constantly at war. Why hold back? Come together. Come together with the Word, with Christ. Don't hold back. This is my prayer today. I'm preaching to myself. Lord, if there's anything that I would do differently, help me to do it, Lord. Because I know you're coming. I know it's by your grace that I'm going to go at all. But Lord, help me to be ready. Clothed in the righteousness that only you can give. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, as people, Lord, we are broken in so many ways in our bodies, in our minds, in our attitudes. But you come to heal the brokenness so that we can worship you like we really ought to. And we have the earnest of that now with the Holy Ghost. But one day, maybe today, you're going to make that a reality. What if it is tonight? What if it is? Lord, I'd want to be so ready. I'd want to have, to have gathered all the sheaves that I could gather. I'd want to have preached with such passion that I knew I'd given all that I had, though it's not much. But I'd want to have lived in such a way that though I was tired and wore out, that I didn't begrudge the people of God. I didn't hold bitterness in my heart against them because I lived in such a way that maybe it tore everything out of me and I had to give everything I got. But I want to live, Lord. I want to live in such a way that everything, Lord, I know I've given everything and everything is, all, is okay. But I don't want anything left where you'd say on that day of the giving out of awards, you'd say, well, you held back. You didn't do all that you could do. Oh, Lord, I want to do everything I can for the kingdom of God. And then know that when I'm done, Lord, I'm an unprofitable servant, but I do believe that you can take the words and take the effort and make something out of it. I pray you'd help us tonight. Help us to be ready. Lord, if there's one here holding a grudge against a brother or a sister, take it out of them tonight, Lord. Help them to realize the dangerousness of that. It don't hurt that person. It only hurts them. Oh, God. He said if there's one ought in your heart against anybody, sinner or saint, doesn't matter what they've done, then we're in danger of hellfire. Oh, God, we believe what your prophet said. We believe what your Bible said. When you wrote and said... If you want to be forgiven, you have to forgive. Lord, we believe that tonight. We take it to heart. We forgive our, our families. We forgive those who have harmed us. We forgive our, our mothers and fathers and our sisters and our brothers. And those who have done the, the worst harm many times are the ones that are the closest to us. But we forgive today. Lord, you said when you stand praying, forgive. So we forgive, Lord. We forgive. We give it all to you, Lord. We believe that you're coming. Let us be ready. Let me be ready, Lord God. Let me always be consumed by the thought of your soon coming and the change of this body and our going home. Grant it, Father, we pray. Put such a zeal in our hearts that we would know, Lord, that you are near and you are faithful to your word. Lord, and that if it doesn't happen tonight, it'll happen tomorrow. If not tomorrow, then the next day. 
Let us continue to think that way, Lord, until the day that you come. Occupy to keep doing what we're doing, to keep preaching, but to put effort into it, to keep singing, but to sing with all of our heart, to keep praying, but to pray with fervency of spirit. I pray you grant it today. I thank you for your work today that you've done. I thank you for these people that have been patient, Lord, and they've listened and they've pulled on the word in such a way that I haven't seen in a long time. I thank you for that, Lord. I pray that you continue to move. Lord, bless this church. Bless these people. Lord, as you add to the churches, you would see fit. But Lord, may, may there never be this spirit taken away from it. Lord, may we continue, Lord, to be a one body. Lord, with all the thoughts, though we may disagree on little things, but Lord, all the thoughts of our heart and our mind, Lord, to be together, to go home to meet you. I pray you grant that, Lord. Thank you for these people. Thank you for their efforts today. We ask that you come, Lord, keep them safe on the way home. We thank you. Lord, now we want to worship you with all that we have. Lord, just give you our all tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand and sing it. Soon and very soon. Hallelujah. I'll leave my troubles far behind. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Because lately I... Hallelujah. Don't you want to worship Him tonight? And there's something in your heart and say, Lord, I believe that you're coming soon. I believe that you're on, it's on the doorstep. And I know I'm going home with you. I've got leaving on my mind lately, y'all. I've got his leaving on. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, it seems that all I'm thinking about. Hallelujah. Oh, so much of the time. And I believe this, Lord. Oh, soon and very soon I'll leave this trouble far behind. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, lady. I've got leaving. Thank you, Lord. Oh, leaving all my mind. Sing it one more time with all your heart. God bless you, Brother Alan comes. Oh, lately, all. Hallelujah. All I've got is
now she's talking to her father in a house that was once a home said my bills are coming due lord six days is not that long she hears a voice so still and low says i moved like that before 